Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is the second of a three-part interview with my good friend, Mike Kai, pastor of Inspire Church in Hawaii. Uh, Over the years, um, youth group just expanded, exploded. All that was really good. And then uh, there came the opportunity. There was a Hope Chapel in West Oahu that uh, had actually been the second church started when we first moved to Hawaii. In 1983, we moved. Uh, we, We got something going within about uh, six months. And then um, there's a guy named Chuck. And, and uh, I think what I heard, I'm not even sure of this, but I heard he got kind of mad at me. And so I was on vacation and he pulled a guy named Rob McWilliams, a couple other guys, and they started a church in West Oahu. And I came back and I'm all excited that these guys are buying into the message. They're doing it. And so this little church got going and it, it just struggled. It went through, two or three pastors. One guy named John Haig was there and did a really, really good job. And then the denomination intervened, I think because he was bivocational, they didn't like that. He was a very successful contractor and pastor. And the church was about 125 at that point. I think that was its zenith. And then um, uh, somebody else, the denomination stuck somebody in there and it went way downhill. And then we had a really good guy pastoring a church, but only maybe what 40 people. And, and then, and he left, uh, and the door opened and I, I remember coming to you and, 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 and you really needed to pray about that one. And, um, but tell us about it. Tell us about the struggle you went through about what, what you, what you found when you got there, what the first couple of years were like, and then the explosive growth that has happened since then. Oh gosh. Um, so yeah, that church was started. I, I, if I recall in 1989 by Chuck, I met Chuck one time, he circled back after I I got the privilege of taking over the church and, um, not the most encouraging I got to (laughs) say, that's okay. But I remember that there were about five pastors, uh, before I had it and I was loving the youth ministry. Well, there, there was, I I loved youth ministry under you. Um, I had all the authority and responsibility that I could, I could, I could handle. And um, uh, in addition to that, for you, I did, I did a lot. I oversaw the media department. Um, I did out, out, outreach, I cut my teeth on basketball tournaments, three on three. Rob McWilliams was a great, um, a great goal between me and you. And then um, you talked about the possibility of me moving the young adults and I didn't like that. And, uh, but I would have done whatever you wanted me to do. And then I came back, I was driving up in my car up the hill in my Volvo, and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me inside loud and clear, you're not going to be here for long. Now that rattled me because I had never heard the voice like that. I pulled over my car. You happened to be there on a Sunday night, which was rare. Um, there was a, a class that you were giving, and I grabbed you, and I said, Ralph, I, I was shaking. I said, I got to tell you, I heard, I heard the Holy Spirit say I'm not going to be here long. And you know me, I know I'm throw that stuff out. And you said, okay. 
all right, let's just take it slow. I said, yes, please don't make plans though, Ralph. Don't make plans. Um, because I did not want to leave because I loved where I was. Um, I never looked outside. I never, I never said when I get my own deal, I just, I just, if I knew already it was going to happen because the whole template seemed to be, if you're a youth pastor, you were going to be a senior pastor. So I was the youth pastor. I'm figuring I will be a senior pastor, but I'm in no hurry. Um, so I went and got, I spoke at Faith Center's youth conference um, for five days that one summer, Ralph. Um, I pick up a book. Yeah, in Oregon, in, in Eugene, Oregon. Um, I pick up a book in Japan before that camp called Is It Really You, God? by Lauren Cunningham. And I'm reading the YWAM story. And it's, it's doing something. I get off the plane. I go on vacation. From vacation, I go preach at, at the, in Eugene. I preach six days in a row. I think I preached 14 times. I didn't have 14 sermons. Um, I was cramming like crazy in my tent for like seven hours a day. Uh, I, was, I couldn't believe the reaction that I was getting. And I got on that plane. They handed me a check. And the check, I opened it up and it was for $750. And I said to myself, I'm going to be a youth pastor forever. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I want to be on the youth circuit. I hope somebody picks me up. I want to get a shot at that. And I'm going to be a youth pastor forever. I get off the plane. Two days later, I show up at, your, I show up at the office. Rob McWilliams goes, hey, Ralph wants to talk to you. I said, hey, good to see you again, Rob. You know how Rob was, like, you know, Mr. You know, high Strung. And he goes, hey, Mike, uh, Ralph wants to talk to you. There's a church that wants you in, in uh, Waikele. I said, church in Waikele? I didn't know we had a church in Waikele. He goes, yeah, I told him no. So um, Ralph wants to know if you want it. I go, oh, <laughs> okay. So I walk into your office and you tell me about this church. You tell me that there's five pastors in 13 years. And I say, what's wrong with that church? How many demons in that church? That's what I told you. You looked at me like, oh my gosh. And he goes, I want you to pray about it. I said, I don't want to pray about it, Ralph. I don't like that side of the island. I want to be with you. I want to be a youth pastor forever. He goes, no. He goes, Mike, I thought about taking it and leaving this church to you. I said, okay. There must be something to that. So I said, Ralph, I can't preach. Uh, I can't think, I can't pray about it. My youth camp is in two days. And he said, well, just, just, just pray about it. Go, go visit the church. I said, I don't have time. That Sunday night, my youth service is on. And there's a guy named Jeff McKay from Japan, who we all love and respect. One of the greatest church planters in Hope Chapel history. And Jeff is in the, the he's in the courtyard. And he's doing, he's doing the Jeff thing. He's saying hi to everybody. Can't get his attention. He's an ADD squirrel. He's doing all of that. And I show up and a typical Jeff, he's going to preach for me and he's going to do the youth camp. Well, there's two guys with him, Tim and Tim, two Tims. And I sit down and he's sticking me with his two Tims and I'm kind of irritated. And I look at him, I go, Hey guys, how are you doing? You're good. I said, you here for my youth service? No, we're actually here with Jeff. I said, Oh, right on. So one Tim leaves, I'm left with, I'm left with Ray. Ray's there. And I go, Hey Ray, how you doing? He goes, I'm good. I said, what you doing? He goes, I'm friends with Jeff. I said, what do you do? He goes, I pastor a church. I go, what church? He goes, Hope Chapel, Waikele. I go, oh, no. <laughs> I said, you pastor Hope Chapel, Waikele? He goes, yep. And then, Ralph, I, my mind is going. I'm thinking, that Ralph is, <laughs> is handling things behind the scenes. <laughs> he just brought Ray to sell me on the church that you're talking about. This is the Ray that's leaving. And then I go... Oh man, I, and I, I give, I, I, Ralph, I, I lean into him. I go, what are you doing here? He goes, oh, I'm just here to support Jeff. I said, no, you're not. 
He goes, yes, I am. I said, Ralph put you up to this, didn't he? He goes, no, he didn't. I said, why are you leaving? How do you know I'm leaving? Nobody knows I'm leaving. I said, I know you're leaving. He goes, why are you leaving? He says, I'm burned out. I've been doing it for five years. I just can't do it. I go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, it's a great church. I said, if it's so great, why are you leaving? He says, because I'm burned out. Oh, man, all right. Then maybe this is God. Two days later, I get to the top of Makakilo at camp. I look out over the ocean and I go, God, if you want me to go, I'll go, but I don't want to go. The next day I show up at that mountain again. I show up on that hill with a cup of coffee before the kids wake up. God, if you want me to go, I'll go, but I don't want to go. I'm looking over the plane I now pastor, the city I now pastor. God, if you want me to go, I'll go, but I don't want to go. My heart starts changing. By the last day, Ralph, I go, God, if you want me to go, I'll go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever. I'll do whatever you want. And I'm looking over. And I get this phone call from Lisa and Lisa goes, Mike, you're not going to believe this. Doug Campbell from K-A-I-M Salem Media just gave us a, a gift certificate. I said, great. For what? She goes, for a hotel in Waikiki. I said, we're going to Waikiki, babe. Definitely. She goes, yeah, we're going to go fast and pray about this church. I go, what? Nobody fasts and prays in Waikiki, babe. She goes, we're going to take this serious. And Ralph, right after camp, I go straight to Waikiki. We fast and we pray. And I call you up on the phone. I said, Ralph, I need, I need time with you. We've only had two minute conversations. I need to look you in the eye. I need to see you in the office. He goes, come on in. And you were always in on Friday afternoons. And I drive up Friday afternoon before your Friday night service. I look you in the eye and I say, okay, why me? Why, 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 why the West side? You explained to me how Jack Hayford moved out to um, church on the way and how Van Nuys, California began to grow when it was small and the growth came out there. You said all of the, the kids that you pastor right now, you're going to end up being their senior pastor one day. They're going to bring their kids. And I couldn't even think that long. I'm like, okay. I go, why not Honolulu? Wayne Cordero's in Honolulu. Art Sepulveda's in Honolulu. Let's go there, man. Let's go, let's go get our share. He says, no, no, I, I think, I think like Kelly. I want to put a little context to what you just said. Uh, tons of new housing, thousands of houses were projected for and have been built in West Oahu. So right. inexpensive first-time buyers are going to be able to afford to go there. You have this fantastic youth group, and you, and these kids graduate, and where do they go? And a lot of them are moving already to the west side of the island. The people who had, you'd worked with earlier, people who Jeff McKay had worked with or John right. Hall had worked with as youth pastor, they're all camping out there. And, uh, and I'm thinking this opportunity, Mike's got the, the juice and, uh, and he's got some, something to offer and there's people out there waiting for him. So that was what, that's a little context behind this, but go ahead and, and go from there. And the last question I had for you was, are you, are you moving me upstairs into management? Are you making room? And then you looked at me and you said, I said, I basically asked you a sonship question. Because I needed to know if I could trust you or is this God? Who is this? And that was the hardest question I had to ask. And then you just had, you got emotional and you looked at me and you said, you are my son. You are my son. And that's when I went, okay, we're going. And in two weeks I was, I was gone. But at the same time I was running the youth ministry for another six months that was rough doing both doing both was rough trying to restart a church of 40 people uh 60 on its best day um and still running the youth ministry and trying to keep it um growing and alive 
for the transition. And that, that, that took a lot, but um, we got there. And I remember my first meeting, Ralph, my first meeting, uh, I meet with their leadership team and one lady goes, um, it's kind of, I'm on the hot seat. One lady goes, how long are you going to be here? And I said, uh, longer than you. <laughs> and, and another, another lady said, um, uh, I don't want to just be a number. I said, there's only 40 of us. I can count to a hundred easy. Uh, I said, I promise you, if you serve and if you, and if you get involved in the life of this church, you will always be remembered. Uh, and I was like, Oh man, this is going to be tough. And, um, it was slow going. Um, the first weekend we celebrated about 200 people showed up and I was stoked. And then the next weekend I went into depression because we were down this 80 people. And, uh, there we go. There began the hard work, the hard grind for six or seven years. It really was a grind. We, we maximized the use of that cafeteria. We went multi-site before I ever heard of it. We had kind of never really hear. We went to the University of Phoenix up in Mililani. I was driving back and forth. It was, it was exhausting. And then we, we, we came upon this shopping center that used to be a furniture store. And it was premium. It was awesome. And Ralph, the great thing about that was every Sunday I would drive by and yell at it and point at it and say, that's my building in Jesus' name. And I would do that every single Sunday. And then there were Sundays I would ignore it because it didn't feel like it was ever going to happen. I would just ignore it. Like, I don't want to see it. I would drive by it. And then one day it was open and it was a miracle on how it happened. And I walked in and it just was a miracle on the whole thing. But I, I, I believed for it. I was, I ended up looking at smaller venues. Uh, this was 37,000 square feet. I was dumbing down my vision because of disappointment. And I was going for the 10,000, the 8,000 square foot auto, um, warehouse spaces. And those things uh, just didn't pan out. And then a prophet worship leader named Daniel Lehman, the son of the great Daniel Lehman, gave me a prophetic word at service. And he goes, Mike, do you receive prophetic words? I said, uh, normally there's a process. I'm thinking in my head, because um, <laughs> I got to watch and I'm just getting to know you. And he goes, I said, yeah, go for it. He goes, and he strums his guitar and he says, the Lord says your dreams are too small. Strums it again. You are, you're not thinking big enough. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can comprehend. And I'm over in the front row just crying, going, are you serious? I dream too small. I can't imagine what God is, what's God dreaming for me. And um, we moved into this building, big step of faith. And the exponential growth came because our incremental um, plotting um, got us to where we were. We had great people, great culture. I learned so much. And, and that's where we are 10 years ago, where I first wrote the pound for pound principle. Because you told me you need to write a book. And I said, I'm not an author like you. He goes, it doesn't matter. He goes, you need to write a book because your church needs a history. It's like, let go of the ring. And I said, ah. And then John Bevere, who I became friends with, says, Mike, get a good laptop, get a good chair, get a good screen, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Don't stop. Don't Google. Just write, reference, and go back later on. And I got done in 40 days. I go, John Bevere, I got done in 40 days. He goes, 40 days, Mike? Who writes a book in 40 days? I said, I did. It cost a pound of flesh. He goes, you said a thousand words a day. So I did it. He goes, Mike, I said 500 words a day. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. You encouraged me. John pushed me and I wrote the book. So since then, uh, I want to end up talking about where you're at right now and the pretty exciting things that you're doing. But you, I know you have at least one church got started in Australia. You've been doing stuff in Thailand. I think some stuff in Japan, of course, in Oahu. Um, 
I mean, it's a discipleship model that has worked uh, in my life. Now it's working in your life. And uh, you've raised up a lot of people to just to kind of take us there a little bit. Well, I, I did. I've, I've discipled people. I've raised up people. And it was a little different from the template that you, um, you gave me. Mm-hmm. I remember I was pushing the envelope. I know it was a difficult time. Um, the whole family was calling me Hybrid Chapel instead of Hope Chapel before we, be, we changed our name to Inspire Church. And you were instrumental in that. And I remember feeling really insecure that my brothers were not receiving me because I wasn't doing it the Hope Chapel way, whatever the Hope Chapel way was. I said, the Hope Chapel way is Acts chapter 2. So let's talk about Acts 2 before we talk about the Hope Chapel way, which I was very loyal to. I never, I I learned a lot. I ended up discipling guys. I I planted churches. Um, Some succeeded, some didn't. Um, We ended up going more multi-site and still planting churches carefully. my philosophy was different because I believed in the power of leverage financially that could help another building get another building um, when real estate is really difficult. When the great atheist came against the church in Hawaii, um, it shut down schools and raised the price. And then pr- schools opened up again and the price got higher. And then I figure all you need is down payment money then if you get down payment money, you can still pay the price for a school and still cover your mortgage at the same time. So let's transfer it to there. So I, I, I pivoted the philosophy based upon the finances. Uh, then I still had the church planting DNA that you gave me, but I did it for multi-site and a little less for church planting. But the church plant that I'm very proud of across uh, the globe that I'm super stoked about is Manila. And Manila is running the same way we did. It was a tough seven-year go, um, but it always is. We always see the, this exponential in a different way that we see you're going to launch with a 1000 with a half a million dollar budget that's going on right now. It's kind of crazy. Um, the, the older model, which is still a truer model, is five connect groups in that community creating synergy, finding a place. The new model is get a place, fill it with people and still start your groups. They both work. You're skinning the cat in two different ways. Um, There's both great things to be said about both. And so um, the, the the movement that I came out of is because of what you created. Now I tell everybody you're the greatest church planter that people are now getting to know of. And I thank the Fergusons for putting you on this platform and giving you the opportunity for you to really shine where, where you are um, because you probably are just as busy as you were pastoring a local church, but now you are doing what you're created to do. You are an apostle and you are teaching apostles. Uh, you're teaching discipleship at an ap- apostolic level, but still remembering how to do it on the grassroots um, person like myself who's new to the game back in 19, 1989. And so now when I look at what you're doing, I, I begin to think to myself, I said, how do I still be me with the platform and the footprint God is giving Inspire Church and still continue on that journey of releasing 
and sending people and being holding people loosely because if there's anybody that's held anybody loosely, I haven't found anybody like you. There's a guy named Roger Archer that's kind of like that, but you're, you hold people very lightly and you release people that you were famous for that almost to a fault to the mother church. Um, but you were generous and there's so many churches throughout the earth because of what you've done. So I want to honor you and I want to commend you for that Ralph because of all that you've done. I'm just the fruit of your, I'm the fruit of your, from your tree. I'm a vine. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmore.net.